When the music fades and all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring something that's a word That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it When it's all about you Much long you you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. Much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, as one of the worship leaders, I'm truly sorry for those times I have made worship about anything but you. And Lord, if there's any temptation to do that now, I pray that you would cast it aside. That as your word is read, as I begin an introduction about some spiritual practices, that it'll be all about you. That it'll be all about practicing our faith such that we're drawn into a closer relationship with you. So, Lord, as you sent your Holy Spirit to inspire your word, send your Holy Spirit now to inspire the reading of your word. As you sent your Holy Spirit to inspire the preparation in the office, send your Holy Spirit now to inspire the proclamation of your word. All to your glory 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to initially share uh, two verses, uh, Psalm uh, 42, verses 1 to 2. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Thanks be to God for His holy word. Amen. Well, back in the fall, I was riding in my car for, for quite a bit one day. As I recall, I was making a, a day trip to my mother, so I had a couple hours in the, in the car in the morning and then at least another couple hours uh, in the afternoon returning home. And I listened to the same radio station going there and returning home. And you know how radio stations repeat a lot of the same songs, right? They seem to have a playlist that they play in the morning, and then if you're still listening to it in the afternoon, you get that same playlist all over again. Well, I was listening to a country music station, and depending on your perspective, that may have been my first mistake. But that day, one particular song stood out to me. This is How We Roll by Florida Georgia Line, featuring Luke Bryan. And one particular line in that song just kept jumping out of the radio station at me. Yeah, we cuss on them Mondays, and we pray on them Sundays. We cuss on them Mondays, and we pray on them Sundays. And I thought, really? Is that really how we roll? Is that really how we live life? How we view life? Unfortunately, I'm afraid some do. For some, if they have faith at all, they set aside a couple hours on Sunday to worship and pray, and then Monday through Saturday just do whatever they want to do. They live the rest of their lives mostly apart from faith. Life is compartmentalized into praying on Sunday and then doing well, whatever, the other days. But I'm convinced that's not the way it should be. We need sacred rhythms or spiritual disciplines to keep you and I in tune with God every day of the week. So as I have sometimes done at the beginning of the year, I want to begin the new year with a series on spiritual disciplines or what I prefer to call spiritual practices. I also like the term sacred rhythms. And let me admit up front that this is going to be more teaching than preaching. It's probably not going to include quite as much Scripture uh, as I normally include. At the very least, it's going to be more topical and thematic than expositional, that is, verse by verse through a text. And this first message is very much introductory in nature. And I also recognize that what I share might better be uh, taught in a small group. But then if I had a small group, only a few of you would, would attend. And I, I think we all need to hear more about having sacred rhythms in our lives. Sacred rhythms. 
So I'm hopeful, uh, if you'll hang in there with me, that you'll find this practical uh, and helpful uh, during this series. Now let me say from the start and admit that spiritual practices are a little easier for me to work into my day than most. For example, if you walked up to my office door and you found my Bible open and my head bowed and I was praying, you might just kind of walk away and say, I'm not going to interrupt. I'm, I'm pleased with my pastor. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But if your boss found you at your desk with the Bible open and praying, he or she would probably say, please let me show you the door, right? So I recognize that some of this is a little easier for me. I also do not have small children at home, as some of you do. So I recognize that spiritual practices can be very difficult when you're raising a family. But trust me, I have plenty of obligations myself. I also have a lot of distractions myself. And I believe the obligations of life and the distractions are the very reason you and I need to enter into spiritual disciplines. We need things that will draw us closer to God. Has anyone ever heard of a rule of life? A rule of life? Now, some of you are going to say, uh-oh, I'm skipping out on this series. I don't need any more rules. Well, that's not what this is all about. A rule is, is a bit different than what you may be thinking. A rule of life was uh, practiced by uh, St. Augustine and later Benedictine monks, and it's becoming popular again to talk about having a rule of life. Simply put, we have a definition here. A rule of life is a set of habits that you commit to in order to grow in love of God and neighbor. It's an intentional, conscious plan to keep God at the very center uh, of everything we do. Another way, uh, so it's intentional. It's a set of habits. So the question becomes, what habits are we going to use? What kind of practices will help you and I keep God at the very center of our lives? What practices will grow our relationship with God and with self and with others and, and with the world? I'm going to suggest a few like prayer and, and Bible meditation and fasting and, and Sabbath keeping and silence and worship and service and, and so forth. And what I'm going to be suggesting is that like a mechanic or a carpenter or, or maybe someone working in a kitchen, we need some tools. We need some tools, which I'm going to call practices. And like a carpenter and a mechanic, we're going to need multiple tools. A bigger hammer won't fix everything, though I've tried a few times. So my plan over the next few weeks is to suggest various practices that you might make part of your role of life. Your plan to put God at the center of of your life. This will include some that you expect to be on the list, like prayer and Bible reading. There's going to be some that you may not automatically think of, like silence and solitude and fasting. And by the way, I'm not telling you when I'm teaching on fasting. You'll just find out. Maybe simplicity and giving. 
Please understand, though, this will not be an exhaustive list of practices, nor will you resonate with every practice, and that's fine. And nor should you try to incorporate every practice. Like tools, you're going to have your favorite tools and practices you go to regularly. You, you are going to go probably to prayer and Bible reading on a regular basis. But some like silence and solitude, you may only go to once a week or maybe uh, once a month for an extended time with God. For you moms and dads with small children, you say, may say, I'll never have silence and solitude until they're, you know, they're all out of the house. I, I don't know, but we'll look at that together. Let me add another connection I see between tools and practices. I've bought a few large sets of tools over the years, like large sets of, of sockets and, and ratchets. But most of my tools have come as I've needed a specific tool for a specific task, one at a time. If I tried to buy all those at, all at once from Snap-on or even Craftsman, uh, I would have had a, a bill that would have been overwhelming. I would have had a debt that's probably greater than the debt I have on my house, and I know the interest rate would have been greater than my mortgage rate is. Similarly, if you try to incorporate every practice all at once, you're going to be overwhelmed. It's going to defeat the very purpose for practicing these. You're going to get distracted, and you're not going to really draw closer to God. Further, I want to say... Uh, just because a practice works well for me doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work well for you. I've got tools in my shop that are covered with dust. And I bought them because a friend of mine had one like it and thought it was great and I thought I had to have it. Maybe you've done that with a kitchen gadget, for example. If somebody told you it was all the rage, you've got to have one of these. You used it once or twice and said, I'm not using this thing. Tools are like that. Sometimes they end up at the bottom of the tool chest. Some practices are going to work better for others than they, than they do you. Just because someone else used it doesn't mean it's necessarily a great one for you. However, I'd hasten to add, try some of these practices. Even if they don't at first resonate with you, if they feel awkward, that doesn't mean you should dismiss them. For example, I, when I talk about silence and solitude, the introverts among us are going to say, okay, bring it on. The extroverts are probably going to say, you put me in a time of solitude, I'm either going to go crazy or I'm going to take a nap. I get it. But give it a try. We all need those moments. They're called practices for a reason. They're going to take practice. And it takes time to change habits and develop new ones. Don't be discouraged if you try one of these disciplines I suggest and it doesn't initially go well. It's like riding a bike. You've got to get back on sometimes and try it again. I'm going to share a few and I'm going to urge you to begin to choose the ones that will help you intentionally move God more and more to the center of your everyday living. Next week, we're going to look at prayer. And then next week, we're going to look at, at, at Bible reading and meditating. Uh, next week, when we look at prayer, we're going to look specifically at also at the prayer of confession that, that we we need. And then I'll also suggest some different styles of prayer, from intercessory prayer to, to praying along uh, with Scripture 
and you can choose which ones work for you. A lot of this the ladies have already covered in a study you did back in the fall. And I'm not covering it again because I I think the ladies didn't cover it well. Actually, just the opposite. I think the ladies covered it quite well. And I think all the rest of us could use some of that same training so that we're on the same page. So ladies, I apologize for any redundancy, but I hope you might uh, be reminded of, of something you learned or you might learn something new. Okay, so why spiritual disciplines? Why spiritual practices? I mean, some of you are going to say, well, aren't we saved by grace? I mean, is this going to be legalism? Are you going to be telling us we got to do this, this, and this? No, that's not what I'm about. And I don't want in this series to heap on any legalistic guilt upon you. We are saved by grace. We cannot possibly save ourselves by any spiritual practice. However, discipline or practices of faith help us better know the God who has saved us, right? Spiritual practices help us better know the God who has saved us. I'm married by virtue of a wedding ceremony. But I'm not going to know Jeanette unless I'm spending time with her. New Year's Eve, Jeanette and I decided to play the game Sequence and an old classic, uh, Scrabble. Now, we, we could have read, we could have watched one of the bowl games. We could have watched Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve, which I must admit, I no longer know most of the bands on there, but that's another whole story. And we probably would have fallen asleep long before the ball dropped at midnight. But by playing the games, we intentionally stayed up and we actually saw the ball drop. But more importantly, we did something that caused us to intentionally spend some long-needed time together. And both of us said at the end of that, we need to do this again. We need to do this more often. The same is true regarding practices of faith like prayer and Scripture reading. There are ways for you and I to intentionally interact with God and to be drawn into a deeper relationship with God. Psalm 42 again, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? As Richard Foster puts it, the primary requirement for practicing the disciplines is a longing for God a longing for God, a heart that pants after God. If we want to know God, we're going to practice activities that help us better know Him, that help us spend time with Him. If I told you repeatedly, I love Jeanette, I really do, you got to believe me, I really love her. And then in the next breath, I said, but you know what, I don't like spending any time with her. You'd look at me like I had two heads, right? Likewise, if we love God, if we thirst for God, if our souls long to spend time with Him and and to know Him more fully, then we're going to practice some of the disciplines of faith. We're also going to practice these things because they're practices the Lord expects us to practice. Joshua 1.8 Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. 
And it goes on to say, then you will be prosperous and successful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Psalm 29, 2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. 1 Peter 4, 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So you hear the disciplines there? The practices? Meditate, pray, worship, serve. Those are some of the ones we'll look at. God expects us to practice our faith. And then another reason we want to practice our faith in this new year, I think, is for growth. 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 to 8. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Train yourself for godliness. Do we ever think about that? That we are training or should be training ourselves for godliness. We should be training ourselves to be more Christ-like. The road to godliness and Christian maturity passes through the practices of faith, the tools of faith. I know the Holy Spirit works as well. I get that. The Holy Spirit is always sanctifying us. But the Holy Spirit, we work alongside the Holy Spirit in the practices of faith. I don't think we'll mature uh, any other way. When our daughter Ashley was a young teenager, she had been taking piano lessons for quite some time, and she was getting pretty good at it. So I suggested that she give me some beginner lessons. I thought it would be a good way for Ashley and I to bond and just to, to spend some time together and maybe talk and laugh while, we, uh, learned the, while I learned the piano from her. But apparently, uh, I didn't take it serious enough because one day Ashley kicked me out of piano class. She said, Dad, I, I can't teach you anything if you won't practice. Oh, it hurts when it comes from their mouths, doesn't it? But she was right. You're never going to be an accomplished musician if you don't practice. You're not going to be a better athlete if you just choose to show up on game day. You're not going to be a better husband or wife if you don't practice things that demonstrate your love. We can only grow in godliness and Christian maturity as we practice our faith. So let's give it a try. I want to ask you to give it a try. Let, let's commit to seeking to connect the other days of our week with our Sundays. Let's commit to more of a sacred rhythm to our lives by participating in some of these practices of faith. I want to also urge you to give yourself some grace. These won't always be easy. They're going to take some time. Good habits take some time to, to uh, develop them. I believe we can do this. And more importantly, I believe uh, in what God can do if we give Him the opportunity. 
And as we practice our faith and let him speak uh, to us and through us. Well, that's a long introduction. And so uh, I want to close there and, and want to pray for us as we move into to talking about uh, how we pray, uh, how we study God's word, and uh, how we serve one another, how we worship, uh, maybe even how we fast and how we have times of silence and solitude. Uh, let's just pray that the Lord will develop these habits uh, in our lives over these coming weeks. Let's pray to God. Lord, I know introductory material takes a while to sink in, and there's a lot coming at us. And, and Lord, uh, we're wondering exactly where this will go. I trust that you have this, that you've got a plan, a plan that's bigger than the plan that I have. That as we begin to talk about how we pray and how we study God's word, that your word, Lord, that you'll just speak to us, that... Uh, maybe you'll enrich some habits we already have. Maybe you'll develop some new ones in our lives. Perhaps corporately there's something you want to do that, that helps us to practice our faith better as a body. Lord, I'm just excited to see what you might do. What your plan is. Lord, I pray that we would each just grow in this coming year. That we would grow in our relationship with you. We'd grow in our relationships with one another. That we would be more deeply united as a church. United around the core of our faith. Lord, just work in us. Do more than we can ask or imagine. Give us wisdom. Give us insight. That as we practice the disciplines of faith, we would see you. That you would be glorified. That you would call us out. And that you would send us out. Oh, we ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you, today and forevermore. Amen.